You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. <clears throat> and now, WrestleBot with Bobby Chulo. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. To the people listeners, you're here. You're at Russell Boss with Fabi Chulo. Don't forget, you can always check us out every Tuesday from 7 to 8.30. You can also go to WrestleBossLive.com to check everything out over there. As You know, we, we go live on Tuesday. And then uh, Wednesday, Kevin Kleinrock puts everything up on, on iTunes and Spotify, and now it's on iHeartRadio. So we had to actually up our game. I mean, we got to be on top of it and be ready to roll because most of the shows are lucha and pro wrestling, but this show is pro wrestling and, of course, MMA. And there was so much MMA over the weekend. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. On the line with me right now is going to be my co-host, going to be hanging for the whole hour, is Jackie Cadline, and we had such good feedback Last time from Jackie. First of all, how are you? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm doing good. Well, how's, for having me back. And how's everything in the wonderful world of um, Olympic wrestling? Oh, you know, it's going as good as it can go. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait for days. You know, it's just it's gotta suck, man, with this COVID because um, like with 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 me with my show. I have a lot of working relationships with like Anaconda Academy, Giovanni Varela. I have uh, uh, Chad George from CMMA and, you know, Gabe Rudiger, who's way out in the Valley. Just a lot of people that I've, that I've been, you know, working with for such a long time. And it seemed like stuff kind of died down. So they were so happy. They're like, you know, we're back to classes, although we're not taking any new students right now. We're at least able to, right. you know, to train and start getting back into it. But then all of a sudden, you know, it hit again, and they now they might have to shut down. So most of them have told me they're like, man, if we if we have a second wave and this happens again, I really don't know if I'm going to be able to work through it. So there's a few that, that that you can go to right now. And other than Seth Daniels, Seth Daniels runs uh, Fight to Win, and you know the Abu Dhabi uh, Combat Club, and and you know that that's like the the epitome of of grappling. <clears throat> so he's still doing – he's like, you know what, man, I'm going to go where I can go, and I'm going to do some shows. And he's been putting on some really big shows. But you personally um, – now, I, I've seen – for the people listeners, if you follow Jackie Catalina on her social media, she'll put up the, the videos or stuff of her training. So real quick for the people listeners, now, I see you have been able to train. Now, for the people listening, just tell us where you're training and how that's been going so far because you have to keep keep everything going, right? Right, yeah. Um. So – Right now, I'm still training with my mom and dad, Catalan's Wildcat Wrestling Club. Um, I train a little bit at Peerless um, with Steven Martinez, um, uh-huh. and I try and, try and get in at Millennia with Romy as much as possible, but I also work a full-time job. So, you know, I have to fit it in when I can fit it in. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, the the Catalan Wrestling that Mike and Stephanie own, it, is, that, is that like a, a – Year a year round thing because I know that's like it opens so that the kids that are not wrestling in high school they have a place to go during the off season to work out. So so far right. they've been okay. Uh, have they been surviving or do they have a limited amount of people? How's that going about right now? Um, it's going good. I mean, it's a limited amount of people. Obviously, um, a lot of people are not wanting to you know do con contact sports. You know, yeah. kids' parents are not allowing them to go, um, whatever the case may be. But for me, it's year-round, obviously, um, because my national team and Olympic stature is year-round. It's not something that I have, like, off-season. So, um, but for the club, it's typically from March to June or July. Um, 
training for the high school kids. And what's what's the most amount of time that you have off in between training? I don't know that I've had time off. <laughs> no, I mean, so you've um, been staying consistent because when the when the COVID first hit, I was training with a few different people. And then the COVID hit and I was home and I was still lifting weights and stuff like that. But I hadn't hit the mats till about maybe three weeks ago or whatever. And let me tell you something, that first day back on that sucked. I mean, you could say oh, yeah. whatever. You think you're in shape, you know, or even if you're on a treadmill or whatever. But when you get down there, and it's a, it, it's a whole different story. So you haven't taken an extended amount of time off. You've just still been keeping no. going when you can. Well, you have to, right? Yeah, luckily luckily for me, um, mom and dad have mats in their garage. And oh, okay. I wrestle with my dad and my brothers. So uh-huh. worst case scenario, if something's not open or we, you know, something gets shut down um you know we just train together like we always have well that's good that is, well see you're lucky yeah. that you still have that because you can always go over there and yeah. work it i see yeah. you know i got to call one of nico's fights when he fought at long beach fight night and it was it's funny too because i, I remember that fight cecil peoples was the was the referee and he made <laughs> i mean the dude the dude was literally it's funny because you put a thing where somebody from puerto rico was grabbing your your fingers and, and bending them and yeah. twisting them and and this this kid that was wrestling Nico kept you know you're not supposed to keep your hands open you're, but you would like I guess your natural tendency is to put your hand out to keep somebody back and he must have poked Nico at least twice that I saw because I was right there ringside yeah. and and Mike jumps up on the thing at the end of the round and he's like Cecil what are you doing man he goes you keep and then I just seen Cecil turn and go hey listen and you guys just put his hands up and go, all right all right sorry sorry he was about <laughs> to lose it and then he calmed down so to me. When when it's somebody, especially because when it's people I know that are that are fighting in the cage, it's a different yeah. feeling, man. I mean, it's a to- so I can Absolutely. only imagine. Yeah, when it's your son or your daughter that that that's fighting or wrestling or whatever, it, it's got to be different. But he was able to to keep his composure there. Now that I see, it's it's funny because the picture that I put up when I advertised that you were going to be with us, you could see Stephanie and Mike in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and you can be honest with us here. You can be honest with here here at Wrestle Boss Radio. Because let me tell you something, going back all the way to the high school days when we were at Jordan, we're talking a long time ago, dude, Mike was <laughs> always hard on me from the beginning until the end. When he, Even when he started the Caju Kimbo uh, out there on Los Coyotes and, and uh, Palo Verde, or um, was right there for Los Coyotes, and I can't remember the other street. But even when we went back to, to you know, because we had him trained, it was like, you know, right back into it. No, no taking it easy or whatever. He just got right to it. So do you, do you, the question I'm trying to get to is, do you get that from him? Like he's a little bit harder on you or does he ease up a little bit? Cause it's his daughter to tell us how it is to be working with him. Well, absolutely. He goes hard on me. And that's the reason <laughs> that I am, I am the wrestler that I am because if he took uh-huh. it easy on me because I was his daughter, I wouldn't be as good. I would yeah. be average like everybody else. And I feel right. like, they, if either my mom or dad took it easy on any of us in training, then, you know, they wouldn't have successful kids that are athletes. You know, my brother was yeah. a successful fighter. I'm a successful yeah. wrestler, you know. All my brothers wrestled. My sisters did other sports. And uh-huh. if they were soft on us, because they're hard, if they were soft yeah. on us, we wouldn't be good. So I yeah. appreciate that that hardness that he has. Well, they they spread the love because they never took it. I can't remember one day training with Mike that, that he ever took it easy. Never. I mean, it was just 100% no. all the time. So, <laughs> you know, and, and, and speaking on that realm, 
Um, do you, is, is it, okay, well, because especially if you're training at the Olympic Training Center, that's, you know, good training. But when you're off yeah. and just like say now, let, like say the COVID was already lifted or whatever, but it's going to be two months mm-hmm. till you can get back to Colorado or whatever. Is it better for you to go to different gyms and, and get different, you know, looks at people and styles? Or is it, is it, you think it's better for you to just go and train with Mike and, and even though it's the same people, you know, you, you still get the same training? Because that's a big controversy when I was on my other show that was strictly MMA. Some guys just wanted to stay at their gym. And then some people would even, like the hotbed of, of MMA is Albuquerque, New Mexico. They would move mm-hmm. out there to get that training or whatever. Is is it like that with you or, or you're you're comfortable where you're at and you're, and you're just comfortable with, with the same people or whatever? How does that work? So for me, I... Honestly, everybody thinks, you know, yeah, Olympic Training Center, best place you can train. For me, I feel like being home and training with my dad and my brothers is better for me. I don't Mm -hmm. feel like – I feel like I declined. Moving to Colorado in 2015, I feel like my wrestling declined. So Uh me now being back here six months, I feel already in the last six months, even through all of the COVID stuff, I feel like – I'm already surpassing what I was doing when I was in Colorado. Yeah. So yeah. for me, um, obviously I like to get different feels. I like to wrestle with different people, but I also have to be cognizant of who I'm wrestling because not everybody cares if you get hurt or, you know, <laughs> yeah. get injured training or so. So obviously, you know, wrestling with the same people is not always the best thing, but it's mm-hmm. definitely the safest. So Yeah. Well, well, I can okay, I can kind of understand that, but real quick for the people listeners, you're here. You're at Wrestle Boss with Fabi Chula. We're talking to Jackie Cadillac, talking a little bit about you know uh, training and getting ready for the Olympics and all that. Although everything's on hold right now, got Cas. I'm sorry, I forgot to announce that Cas Bell. Well, our first guest that was supposed to be on for pro wrestling, I was talking to Jackie before we went on air, kind of fell by the wayside. So I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say too much about it. But so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit right now, and then uh, after the big break, we're gonna talk a little bit about pro wrestling. And, and I told a lot of people i was going to talk about my time in xpw i got a lot of emails a lot of messages we're going to talk about that and then about the 45 minute mark we're going to have Cass bell he's coming he's got his undefeated streak on the line big fight coming up for him and bellator on friday so stay tuned for that but anyways this is this is the point i was trying to make you know talking to jackie when when you know it's funny because i you know i grew up with with jackie's dad mike and it's it's weird because the people you hang around with, that's what you do. Everybody wrestled, so we all, you know, did did wrestling in high school. And then we kind of came apart, yeah. and then we kind of came back together again. When when and it was funny because he he told me when when my daughter was going to Milliken, he said, "Hey man, go go see Coach Thompson. Go go tell him you want to help." He goes, "Get involved. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, man, it, you know it'll be good for you." So I ended up coaching the whole four years while while Jessica was was there, and then I ended up staying on for three years only just. Just for the fact that that I thought Marshall Thompson was was just he, the way he treated me was almost like one of his kids. He was always, hey man, yeah. why don't you go with me and these two coaches go with JV? And you know he was always real real helpful, and I learned so much. But then they cut the program so much that you know we ended up not having no money for anything, so I ended up leaving. But believe me, if I can retire tomorrow, that's exactly what I do is go back to coaching, especially over there. My problem was is I had I had trouble keeping the boys focused because you know you're talking especially when they get 16 17 they start you know knowing the girls and I I'd have to go look for them in the stands cuz they were trying to talk to girls and and the other thing was the diet these kids 
you know, they would have to go, granted, they'd have to be there at 7 o'clock in the morning or whatever to weigh in. And then they would have a good two hours before they would have to wrestle. So the, the last year, the seniors, I had three kids that I couldn't find. I'm like, where the hell did they go? They left and went to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles and ate <laughs> over there and then came. And I'm like, what are you doing? And they looked horrible. They were so weighed down from all that, you know, junk that they ate or whatever. The they were just Yeah, so that was my, uh, the only problem I had in coaching was trying to keep them focused, you know. So when I asked Mike, I said, hey, you know, this is the trouble. And he goes, you know what, you can't be easy on them. You have to tell them, look, this is what we're doing. He goes, it's only three months when you think about it, that that we need 100% from you to to really, because it's not that much. It's not like, and Coach Thompson would always say, I wish I coached football because I could coach on Friday and I'm done. He goes, but with wrestling, you might have a dual meet in, in the middle of the week. And then Friday and Saturday, you're there all day. You know, he goes, it's, it's a big different sport. So since we, since we don't have Mike here and we have you here, now that you're, you know, working, uh, you know, towards something, do, do you find that when you're, when you're, let's say you're working or you're teaching some younger people or whatever, keeping them focused? And if you, if you do, how do you do it? I mean, because to me, I didn't want to be too hard on anybody because I felt like I was going to get in trouble. But then I didn't want to be too soft because I didn't want them to veer off. You, you know what I'm talking about? How would you handle that? Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're talking about. For me, like, um, coaching younger kids or high school kids is, I don't take it personally because I know yeah. how I was in high school. Um, and I feel like now that I'm a little bit older and it's not me, and I'm looking as a coach's perspective that the people that are wanting to be successful in wrestling, even at that age, are going to pay attention, and they're going yeah. to do what I'm showing them, and the people that don't are not. And I can't take it personally. I just have to, you know, if I can help one kid be successful or hit a move that maybe they wouldn't have hit in a tournament to win them the tournament, I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. so I try not to take it personally. Um, I can't say the same for everybody in my family, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that's, that's just the way it is. I mean, that's just, that, well, I, I got to tell you, although, you know, I, it had its up and down, I thoroughly enjoyed it. it. It got a little crazy towards the end because they cut the budget so much and the the bus would only take the, take the varsity to the venue and they would have to find a way home. So I ended up taking yeah. up five, six kids, packing them in my RAV4. It just, it just became a, a big mess. But anyways, we're going to talk a little bit more about that towards the end of the show, but I got to take a quick break. Actually, this is the big break. So we're going to take the big break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little pro wrestling, talk a little bit about my days in XPW, and then we'll have Caspell coming at the 45 minute mark. It's going to be slamming. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Everybody hang on. We got to see what Denise Salcedo has to say. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch your favorite shows each week or when to try a new one. Monday, the Business of the Business podcast is back as Master Public President Kevin Kleinrock talks with Headlock comic writer and creator Michael Kingston about his latest edition, Tales from the Road 2. And working with superstars including Jerry Lawler, Shane Helms, RVD, Pentagon Jr., Taya Valkyrie, and more as the book enters its final week on Kickstarter. Tuesdays, it's the Lucha Underground-centered show, Mass, Mass, and Mayhem. 
Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at theluchacentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Also on Tuesdays, WrestleBoss with Bobby Chulo, live, covering pro wrestling and MMA from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific. Head to WrestleBossLive.com to listen live and even call in or download it Wednesday across podcast platforms. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the chisme from around the lucha world. Find the video version on Facebook Wednesday through Friday, and then Saturdays download the audio version in podcast form. This week, AAA referee Piero takes a seat at the table, and the crew talk about the controversy of luchadores and revenues from digital content, as well as the growth of luchadores as YouTubers and influencers. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez. This week, Ricardo Rodriguez pulls up to the show and the trio talk about his start in SoCal, signing with the WWE and being the personal ring announcer for Alberto Del Rio, heading to India to be the head trainer at the Great Kali School and more. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcast, one in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and outside of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. This week, both shows take a look back at the past weekend, including Mexico streaming shows from DTU and Mas Lucha's Women's Tournament, plus all of the lucha-related matches on WWE Extreme Rules, Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, and AEW Dynamite. Plus, LC Weekly in Espanol looks at the greatest hair versus hair matches of all time and whose hair may be the most valuable in a match today. Be sure to subscribe and follow all of your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms. And please be sure to give a rating and review to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Man, that Lucha Central has a lot of shows, man, and they've they've been picking up the pace. I mean, Kevin Conrock, that dude is constantly working. So, also, don't forget lucha-masks.com. For some reason, the the commercial is a little bit low, so we haven't been able to play it, but they got the – I think the most popular – uh, COVID-style mask that they had was the Penta, and it sold out so fast that they had to make some more. But the Penta Venom mask is back in stock. It's going to be available tomorrow at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm telling you, man, that mask has been like the, the top seller. But even the other masks have been selling out pretty quick. So make sure you check out lucha-mask.com. Make sure you check that out. We're back here live on WrestleBoss. With Bobby Tulo, I got Jackie Catalina with me. We've been talking a little bit about, uh, you know, wrestling, uh, Olympic wrestling, what you can do, you know, wrestling as far as with the COVID and how everybody's kind of coping with that. And I think a lot of people are starting to move their gyms outside. I know Gerson Chilipake from what used to be Shoot the Boxes, now Fight Solutions, has moved over to the park across the street and has to be working out over there. So you got to do what you got to do. Now, before we continue, real quick, Jackie, what's the worst injury that you've had in your in your whole wrestling career? You know, I've been pretty fortunate on injuries. I think my worst was 
I was 17 and I was wrestling at the national championships in Vegas. And my very first match, I was wrestling a girl that I had beat like two weekends prior and she was a three-time national champion and I was 17. Um, So I I draw her first round and she comes right out as soon as the referee blows the whistle and headbutts me and breaks my nose. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Honestly, I think that's been my worst injury. I haven't broken any bones other than the nose. You know, a few sprains and rolled ankles, but nothing too serious. Which which pretty much comes with the territory. But now now I'm... I'm in my 50s now, and I've already had not one but both hips replaced, hernia surgery, three trigger fingers, carpal tunnel. I mean, I've, I've had a grip, and it's just that's just from wear and tear. Now, I've had a few, luckily, like you say, I haven't had, you know, too many big injuries, but I did have one, and this is what we're going to, I have never told, it's, it's funny because I've never told this story on the air. I've told it, like, you know, to close friends and people, you know, that, that, that are close to me or whatever. And I've never told it on air. This happened a while back, but this is all goes back to how I met Kevin Kleinrock, who is now, uh, you know, the head of Lucha Central that actually picked up my show after on the mat. So we're talking, this had to be, I'm going to say at least 15 years ago, I'm going to say at least 10 to 15 years ago, I used to work for a company called Revolution Pro. Ron Rivera used to run Revolution Pro. And it's funny because I put up a big, uh, poster from when he did a big show in Compton and he put me on there with a lot of good wrestlers from Mexico and he had a lot of big names on there and he was always because I didn't worry so much about the pay because I always had a full-time job so I'm like dude if you can you don't have to pay me that much or whatever if you can't no big deal just when these guys come in I want to work with them it's like absolutely no problem right. so he called he calls me one night and XBW had just just uh pretty much came into fruition they had been really starting to build up and rob black was the owner and kevin kleinrock was like you know the booker and producer and he, he did like a lot of the stuff behind the scenes so ron rivera calls me for, and he says hey look man uh i talked to kleinrock he wants a few of us to come down to the big show that's going to be the, at the olympic he goes can, can you come down and i'm like and this is literally maybe okay it was like at eight o'clock at night and it was probably about two in the afternoon when he called me and usually, if it's a company that I don't know or I've never been there, I usually take somebody with me or something. But it was so last minute, I went by myself. So it was at the Olympic Auditorium, uh, which is in uh, downtown L.A. So we get there, and I, I just had a really bad vibe because I didn't, you know, I just kind of <laughs> felt out of place. And so what the scenario was is there's a, a dude that wrestles as Pogo the Clown, big dude. He's like 6'5", and I think he was like 400-something pounds, like maybe 410 pounds. So we're doing this angle where we're called like the job squad and we're all going to be in the crowd. We're, we're going to be in the crowd. And then we're, when he comes out, we're going to like jump the barricade and you know, all this stuff or whatever. Right. So I don't want to pull the curtain back too much, but we you know we're, we're talking to him before and, and he sees me and we're talking and he says, look, man, just come in. Um, I'm going to shoot you off, give you a clothesline. Bam. You just powder and you go off. I'm like, all right, cool. So the, the thing starts, we jump the barricade. This guy comes in, bam, bam. So it's my turn. And I get up, I get up on the ropes. I come in, he shoots me off. That's all I remember. When I woke up, I was looking up. I was looking up at the lights, and I and I'm thinking in my mind, you know, I never felt a thing. I just went right out, and and I thought, well, what happened? Did we do the spot or whatever? And I turn, I'm on my back, and I see Ron Rivera. He's at the end, and he's going, get out, get out. And I'm looking, I'm going, what? He goes, just get out, just get out. So I get out, and and I go, what happened? He goes, dude, he knocked you smooth out. I don't know what happened, but you were out. And I go. And it was weird because the only thing I remember was I, I had like a like fourteen dollars in my waist pack and I gave the waist 
well, some people call it a panty pack. I gave my waist pack to the the table that was on ringside, and I had to go get my waist pack. I had fourteen dollars in there. So he he Ron grabs me, he says, get your stuff. He goes, go to the back. Don't let don't let it seem like you're hurt. Just walk to the back. I'm like, okay. So I didn't. I had a ringing in my ear, but I didn't feel. You know, I was still a little woozy, but not that bad. So I get to the back, and and the medics come over, and they're like, dude, that was awesome. And I'm like, nah, man. I go, I guess he knocked me out. I go, I, I just woke up and I was looking at the lights. He says, oh, okay. Well, let me let me take a look at you. Okay. So he said, you feel? I said, well, you know what? I got a really bad pain uh, in my chest, you know, and, and I have a ringing in my ear. And he goes, hmm. well, there's so much blood in your ear that I can't even see. He goes, so you're going to have to go to the emergency room. I'm like, dude, man, I'm in L.A., you know, just at least drive back home to Long Beach where I know people, you know. And he's like, no, 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 man, you got to go, you got to go. I said, okay, as soon as they walked away, I took off. So I get in the car, and somehow I ended up at Dodger Stadium. I have no idea how I got there. But I remember stopping at the gas station and telling the dude, hey, man, I'm trying to get home to Long Beach. He's oh, you just jump on this freeway, take it straight, and you'll get right there. There's no problem. So, okay. So I got there, and then uh, I was going to go to the emergency room, and I got there to Long Beach Mall because I had been working there for a while. I went somewhere else, but I know the people there. And it was about maybe close to midnight i think and uh they said you know what there's two traumas and they're not gonna be able to see you you're, you're you know it's gonna be a, a while i said well is it okay if i go home and get cleaned up and come back she said yeah if you go home and get cleaned up come back about five you know there won't be anybody else okay so get home i couldn't park my car because i had to parallel park it like i didn't have the equilibrium or whatever it's called so <laughs> luck- luckily my neighbor was out he helped me park the car i i come walking up the steps and I feel a limp and I'm like, God dang, did did my leg, did I mess up my leg? He had hit me so hard that my left shoe came off. And that was the worst part too, because that was a brand new pair of Nikes. I don't know what happened to that one, but I remember they were black with the gold stripe. So I get in and, you know, my wife is asleep and I'm like, Hey, you know, I got knocked out or whatever. And she's like, so used to say, okay, get some ice and, and you'll be fine. So, okay. So I got cleaned up. I went back at five in the morning, got cleaned up. And what happened was he, I guess when, instead of giving me, you know, when you get, it's kind of hard to say on the radio, but when you give somebody a clothesline, they come across your chest and you take your own bump. But I guess when he came across and it was more like a hammer fist and, and the fist got me in the ear and then the elbow, he was so big that the elbow hit me in the side of the chest and bruised like the sack that's around the heart or whatever. So it was that was the the worst part was they okay well you you know it, it ruptured your eardrum we have to put a patch on it like a tire uh an inner tube or whatever it's okay so the worst part is you know how you get that rust in there and they have to they had to scrape it to get to the thing that was the worst part or whatever so anyways fix that and, uh, but the doctor could you know he's He's fixing me up. He said, well, I can't do anything for your bruised sack around your heart. You know, he's going to have to, you know, take some medicine, whatever, because we can't do anything. Okay. So then he says, well, well, what happened? I told him what happened. He said, well, how much did you get paid? And I said, well, I'm supposed to get a hundred bucks, but you know, I, I, I had to leave or whatever. He goes, he goes you, you got paid a hundred dollars to almost get, and I go, well, that's a good day. And he said, well, what's a bad day? And they said, well, a bad day, maybe 10 bucks. And he dropped the instruments and goes, you, he called the nurse over. And goes, this guy's risking his life for ten bucks. Can you? And I'm like, well, no, wait a minute, wait. It's not. And so I'm trying to, but he was just flabbergasted that that I didn't know it. So, anyways, that was the worst injury I had. You know, a ruptured eardrum. I don't know if anybody's ever had it. It sucks. And then the the bruise was so bad that I couldn't like lean back. 
So I had to sleep up on a bunch of pillows for like two weeks or whatever. So Ron comes to to, to pay me, and he gives he's hey man, you know I'm, I'm glad everything's okay, but blah, blah blah okay, and he gives me eighty bucks. And I said, hey, I was supposed to get a hundred. Goes, yeah man, gotta take a twenty dollar you know service fee because I got you booked. <laughs> Dude, all right man, no, I know that's the business or whatever. So so that. I never told that story because I don't know if I was embarrassed or whatever, but it was that that uh, bump or whatever in particular, it was out on the internet and they took it off because they said it was too violent. That's that's how bad it was. But but I never felt a thing. I mean, I just went right right out. I mean, I just remember waking up, looking at the lights and and it was all over. So I remember Big Schwag, one of the managers made a wrong step and stepped right through the glass of something or whatever. I remember that. So anyways, uh, Kevin Kleinrock, the, 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 who was doing all the stuff for XPW, he calls me and he goes, Hey man, you know, I I heard what happened. I'm sorry. You know, no, he goes, don't worry. I'm going to get you a good match. I'm going to make sure that you get your shine and all that. And I'm like, okay, cool. With the promoters, you know, most nine times out of 10, they just say that, but he actually called me back. And said, hey, man, I'm going to put you against – he wrestles as R-Truth in WWE now. He said, I'm going to put you with those guys against the Black Panthers. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. You know, this guy's true to his word. So we were wrestling at the Pico Rivera Sports Arena. So maybe I'm going to say it took me about three weeks to recover. So it was about a month or so afterwards. And uh, I was like, all right, cool, man. So it was myself, and uh, I had a partner, and we used to be the Tex-Mex Connection, and we were going to wrestle these guys called the New Black Panthers. So I see uh, R-Truth, and this is right when cell phones started to come out. You know, they had those big fat ones that weighed about 20 pounds or whatever. <laughs> so he he's on the cell phone talking to his wife, and he goes, yeah, he goes, we're going to squash these dudes real quick. He goes, I'll be home in like 15 minutes. And I go, wait a minute. So I went to Kevin. I said, hey, man, this dude thinks it's going to be a squash match. And he's, no, no, no. So he went up to R-Truth and he told me, he said, hey, man, this is what happened to this guy. I want to make sure he gets a good match. Can you can you help me out? And he was real cool. He said, absolutely, man. No problem. And I had one of the best matches that I've ever had. Dude was real cool. We worked. But the only thing is, is they were, one of the matches was going to be an exploding uh, corner match. So there was like these these look like sandbags, but they had little things that would go off, like an M80 or whatever, and they were like, whatever you do, don't step on those things because they're going to blow up right on your foot. So that was the only bad part. We were fighting outside, and we had to to, to dodge those those big blow-up things or whatever. So that other than that, we had a great match. So the point I'm trying to make is even though that was the worst injury that I had, Kevin Kleinrock came through, got me a good match, and then later on down the line, when when on the mat, you know, was uh, when they had to pull the plug on on the mat, he called me like two days later. Hey, bro, come over here, man. We'll take care of you. You know, you, you can keep your show here if you want to keep the MMA. Absolutely. So so for the people listening to us, that's that's why I'm always putting over Kevin, because he was like, well, you know, I've had good promoters and I've had bad promoters, but he was true to his word, man. And he took care of me. So even though I had all those, that was absolutely the worst injury that I've ever had. And now, have Jackie, have you ever had ruptured eardrum? I know cauliflower ears and all that wrestling, but anything that bad to your ear? I've never had it, and I don't even have cauliflower. So, <laughs> do you? Is it? Do you yeah. wear your ear uh, your ear protectors all the time, or? I don't. I just avoid getting cross faced and clubbed. I guess. Okay, <laughs> so, so you've never had you've never had your cauliflowers drained. I've never had it. I've never oh got it. Oh, my God. 
Well, see, luckily I work for an outpatient surgery center and I've had mine drained and it sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. you know, they stick a needle in and just draw that bloody water out of there, whatever. I, I don't get it since I don't, you know, train as much, but for some reason I thought I was going to have a career, like maybe doing commercials or be on a, like a TV show. So I used to get them drained all yeah. the time. Now I'm like, I'm on the radio, man, who cares? So anyways, that's, that's what we're talking about injuries. And it was funny because people were asking me how it all led back to Kevin Kleinrock, but that's how it led back to him. I mean, he was really true to his word and I was like always just most appreciative for him doing that for me or whatever. So that's why I'm always putting that dude over. So anyways, that's, that's, that's what people were asking me because they've heard about it, but that's, that's the truth. That's the, the truth. And I never saw Povo after that. I think, I think he, I know he went on to do a couple of more shows and then I know XPW kind of uh, fell by the wayside after that or whatever. But I, I mean, I never, like, I never talked to him after I never saw him again. I never, it was just like one and done. And that was it. So it was yeah. no big deal. But anyways, for the people listening to us, you're here, you're at Russell Boss with Fabi Chulo talking a little bit about injuries and people were asking about that. So I wanted to get in, get that in, that that's, that's legit what happened if just a broken eardrum or whatever you call it, busted eardrum and stuff like that. The only thing that that wasn't that bad. Once they put a patch on it, it's not too bad. It's just a scrape in that dried blood or whatever. I oh God, that sucked. I almost, I almost choked. The, that's either here nor there, but I was talking to Jackie a little bit before we went on there talking to see uh, if she, got to watch any of the UFC. Now, the, since the UFC has went on to Abu Dhabi or whatever, they wanted to take advantage of it. So they did like uh, a Saturday show, a Wednesday show, a pay-per-view, yeah. another Saturday yeah. show. And now they have another one coming up this Saturday. Now, let me, what's her name here? Hold on a second. Did you get to see, uh, what's her name? The, the girl that, that slapped that it's uh, uh, Ariana Lipsky. How she, she submitted... Luana Carolina. Yeah, did you see that? That uh, it was it was a, kind of a trip how she got it because it looked they were just kind of tangled up by the side of the cage, and then you kind of see she saw it there and she kind of grabbed it, and when she grabbed it and 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 you know really torqued it back the other way, I mean that was vicious. That girl tapped and was screaming. Did, so did you get, get a chance yeah. to see that, Jackie? Yeah. Well, I didn't get came to see it live, but I went back and watched it. Well, like many people, I mean, everybody had to go back and check that out. Now, it's uh, there's no fracture or anything, but she, but um, Lipsky said that she could hear three pops. She said it sounded like like guitar strings when they break off the guitar or whatever. So they're like, well, did you did you feel any compassion and want to let go? She's like, hey man, we're in there. We're in there fighting, man. I'm gonna put that hold on until until she taps or whatever. So she she had to do what she had to do. But I mean, that's the hottest news. People have been talking about that submission for. I don't know. Did do you know? Did she get submission of the night on that? Did you get to see that, Jackie? Um, I don't know if she got submission of the night or not. I know there was a lot of submissions in the main card. Well, if she didn't, uh, some ain't right. Because I mean, if that's not submission of the night, I don't know what is. But. Anyway, so so you know, he, here's the question too, and, and I beat this to death, and everybody gives me a lot of guff about it, but I'm happy in one way, but I'm sad in another because, you know, out there in Abu Dhabi, they went back to the bigger cage, and and it just seems yeah. to me like there's just so much room, and they have so much room to run. So they announced that that on August first, Saturday, August first, you know, they'll be back in Vegas, they'll be back at the Performance Center. So Holly Holmes is gonna fight um, Irene Aldana from Mexico and that's two stand up 
you know, people that are going to be in that smaller cage. And I think that's going to be the sleeper. I think that's going to be a, a good fight because, you know, when they, when they were fighting at the um, performance center and they had the smaller cage, when Dustin Poirier fought, uh, man, that was, I mean, an easily to me, fight of the year. I think it made so much difference and I beat that to death. And even John McCarthy came out and said, you know, that the smaller cage is a lot better. So they're coming back to Vegas to the smaller cage. So I'm looking forward to that. But before they get to that, they got, you know, I, I, I gotta tell you, man, I feel so bad for Joseph Benavides. He's such a nice guy and he's been trying so hard to, to win that 125 pound title. And then when they fought the first time, he got ahead. But like you were saying, and, and, Got ahead, but that kind of screwed everything up. But man, Figueredo just just put it on him, man. It was like, uh, I don't, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a bull in a china shop. He just went right yeah. after him. Yeah, ended up knocking him down, and you know, uh, uh, just really, really just run rough shot, and then ended up getting the uh, getting the tap. Now, Jackie, you think you think Benavides is done, or you think he's gonna? He says he has a couple of more fights left in him, even though he's tried four times. I think he might come back and 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 dealer saying that Pantoja lost on his uh fight so maybe them two will fight or whatever i think he just wants to go out you know on a winning record or on a winning note but i don't think that he's going to get that title shot again what do you think oh honestly depending on how long he stays in he may get it again and i feel like people us as athletes like we yeah maybe we feel like yes we should retire but we can never really yeah. do it so well, I think he may get another shot. It's it, it's funny because I've had a few a few people on the show on the on the other show when it was just strictly MMA, and and a lot of them say, I can't remember who I talked to. I think it was, it might have been Thomas Denny. He goes, this is how it is. He goes, when you lose or whatever, he goes all the way home. You're thinking, man, if I would have just did this and if I did this, if I did this and did this and if this would have happened, he goes, and then you just get into this like, damn it, you know, and you're home and you're starting that first week, you're just recovering and all that. He goes, when that second week hits, then it starts coming back. You know what? I'm going to get back in the gym. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to eat this. So within three weeks, that's how it goes. You're up, you're down, and you're up. He goes, so that that's that's how it is. So I think that's what's going to happen with him. He's going to be, you know, a little down right now, but you know, once everything heals and he gets back in the gym, you know, he's going to start feeling it. I think he's going to say, you know, call Dana or whatever and say, look, man, I I want one more. Let me get this guy. And I think Dana's going to give it to him. I think the guy's earned it. You know, he's paid his dues. So I think he's going to give him the chance. So we look forward to that. And you can, you know, we've both been right there. You know, you've been in the thick of things. I, when I was working for King of the Cage, you know, I did a lot of shows for them, and I was right at ringside, and I see what those guys go through just, you know, from cutting weight to, you know, the guy doesn't make weight. You have to, you know, sign a uh, – redo the contracts, and you have to wait to see if you can yeah. two hours to cut it. And I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. And then when I would announce and then go sit at, at right cage side, and you could hear those punches, especially some of those guys that get hit uh, in to the stomach – or whatever, man, I would see there. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care if you're 0-5. Just just to get in that cage and, and you know, throw shots because it's just you and him and the referee, that's it. It takes a lot to get in that cage. So people who say, oh, this guy sucks or whatever, you have no idea. You have no idea what yeah. they go through. So, yeah, yeah you got got to give him his props on that. So, anyways, the coming up on this Saturday – they're going to have one more, which which is on ESPN. The main event's going to be Whitaker against Darren Till. That's we know that's going to be good. That's going to be a slam slamming fight. Now, I've caught a lot of slack for this too. 
But um, are you familiar with Carla Esparza? She she's a you know background is wrestling and yeah. she she's been she I think she was the first uh, 125 pound champion or whatever before she fought um, Joanna Janjerjic. Now yeah. this is just me, and you can give me your thoughts on this. She does really well. She trains with Kola Nuyama. I think she like you know tries to close the distance, get him down, work her work her wrestling and maybe some ground and pound or whatever. That's what's got her to the promised land. When she went up against Joanna, that was a whole different ball game. I mean, that girl's stand up is you know amazing, Muay Thai skills or whatever. So so she took some shots, man. I mean, she took quite a few, you know. And I think that kind of changed her perspective. And I don't want to say I just got finished talking about how much I respect them going into the into the cage, but to me, it, it seems like she kind of kind of picks and chooses who she wants to fight. Like, oh, this person isn't right for me. I think I think because she's going to wrestle, um, she's going to wrestle, she's going to fight Marino Rodriguez, who I'm, I'm yeah. going to be honest, I'm not too familiar with. Now, do, do you kind of see that, or, or is it just me? Because it seems like, you know, if you're ranked this fighter, you shouldn't be able to say, well, I don't want to fight this person, I'm going to fight this person. You should say, this is where you're ranked, this is who you're going to fight, and that's that, right? Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I feel like, you know, certain fighters are a little more picky. Um, right. But I feel like if you want to be, you know, that that Ronda Rousey or that John Jones, you have to fight everybody. So it shouldn't matter, you know, when right. that person comes in front of you, you should just fight them. So, yeah. I'm, I'm you know, I know Carla personally. So, yeah. Obviously, I'm going to watch the fight. <laughs> Well, you know, I've had her. I've had her. I've had her on my other show, um, like twice when she was coming up in the ranks. Really nice, and even she was married before. And um, I had her, even had her husband on a couple of times, talking about what it's like, you know, to go through her while she's training and and everything. And then, you know, once she hit the big, well, she even well, I'm not supposed to say, but she even came to where I work, <laughs> whatever. I can't. That's all I can say. But um, anyways. So, so I, you know, I'm very familiar with her too. Nice person, you know, you yeah. know, everything like that. Good fighter, not taking anything. I just don't like the fact that you can say, no, I'm, I'm not going to fight this person. And then they say, well, what about this? Okay, yes, I'll fight this person. That's like if the Dodgers said, well, we don't like the Cardinals because they're too tough for us, so we're just going to play the Expos. You know, it's, it, yeah. but, you know, but then when, when you see Dana on his press conferences, he says, look, man, you get a contract. There's three fights on there. He goes, you don't have to fight. If you don't want to fight, then I, I got somebody else. He said, but there's guys, people here that are hungry, and they take advantage of it. And when they take advantage right. of it, they get, you know, yeah, they, they're the ones who, who are staying in shape and could get a title shot with two weeks' notice or whatever. He said, so if you don't want to fight, I'm not going to push you. You know, you got three fights yeah, on your yeah. contract. You fulfill those, you're fine or whatever. So I can kind of see his point of view. But to me – uh, uh, which is a good example is like Nate Diaz. He doesn't he'll, he'll fight. He doesn't care who it is. You know the baddest right. dude around is supposed to be Masvidal. Okay, that's who I'm gonna fight. He loses. Hey, he's losing to the top guy or whatever. So how can you not respect that? You know, Conor McGregor, a uh, two weeks notice. Okay, I'll take that fight. So I have more respect for guys that do that and say, hey, I don't care. I'll fight. Matt Hughes was the same way. That dude would fight anybody. You know, he don't care who it is. Right. It, it would just fight. That's, so to me, there's no shame in losing because you're trying to get to the top guys. I mean, there's that's that's the point I'm trying to make. You know what I mean? It, it's you you go for the best, and if you lose to the best, well, then you just lost to the best. So 
That's what right. I'm saying. I yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I also can see it from her perspective, though, where, you know, if she feels like she's not ready for that person or, you know, whatever the case may be, we don't have that option in wrestling. So right. uh, you just have that's to what, go against whoever steps across the map from you. That's the point I'm making it when we when we have guys on here that are wrestlers because when you're when you're wrestling you don't you know well when you're in high school sometimes you might see the same guy because you you know the same age or whatever and you've wrestled them before but you go to tournaments you don't know who you're gonna wrestle you know you have to be prepared right. yourself not not prepared well this guy does this so I'm gonna prepare for that yeah, you have exactly. to be prepared yourself that's that's why wrestlers do so well because of the grind and they're used to it and you know they they. You know, whatever. I've had a few people on my show that say that I don't worry about the other guy. I worry about myself. And this is, you know, what I do. Even Mike, your dad used to tell me that all the time. He goes, you know, when you're out there wrestling, because we went somewhere and these guys were huge, big. I mean, bigger than me, big dudes. And and some of the wrestlers were like, oh my god, that guy's huge. And I remember Mike saying, hey man, if if you do what I show you and you're comfortable in your t- technique, that means nothing, dude. You just do what I, what I showed you, and you're gonna you know you're gonna get there. And I'm like, yeah, if you you know if you are confident in your skills, it shouldn't matter how big the dude is or whatever. Just be right. confident. Anyways, I just had to put that out there. But we gotta take a quick break because I got Casbell waiting for us. So I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna call Cas Bell, Let him know that we're getting or text him, get him ready to know that we're going to call him. We'll be right back with Cass Bell and, of course, Jackie. Hopefully I won't be clamoring on like I usually do. We'll be right back. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. From weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, WrestleBot with Bobby Chulo. I'm telling you, man, I, I just have a, a short break, so it's hard for me because Joe Tendora, who, who is out there, you know, he works with Bellator and all that. He was asking how to, look, how to listen to the show. So I'm trying to text him, and then I'm trying to text Cass to let him know that we're getting ready to call. So that break was way too short. And I can't put the other one on because the other one's too long. So let me just put this number in real quick. They're out there in Connecticut, so it's like 1045 out there. So hopefully he's not asleep. And Cass Bell, I have on too. Same thing, wrestling. I mean, that dude just teaches wrestling, you know, practices wrestling. So that dude's just ready for the grind. Hello. Hey, Cass, it's uh, Fabi. You're live on Wrestle Boss. Can you hear me, my friend? 
Yes, I totally can. Perfect time calling, too. Yes. For the people listening to us, you're here. You're at WrestleBoss with Fabi Chulo. We're going to be talking to Casbell real quick, but on the line with me that's been hanging with me as my co-host, Jackie Catiline, Olympic hopeful that's been training even through the stupid COVID and everything. Real quick, Jackie, say hi to Casbell. Hey, Cass. How you doing? What up, Jackie? I'm doing pretty good. Just doing weight cut and uh, almost, uh, you know, calling it a night, almost. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite, you favorite know, part of the competition, weight cut. <laughs> yeah, the part's the eating part. <laughs> We're going to talk about, I want to talk about your fight and, you know, and all that stuff. But, you know, it's it, Jackie, uh, uh, I've known her for quite some time. I've known her dad forever. I grew up with them. And that's, that's who got me into wrestling and got me into coaching wrestling. And it's funny because before we called you, we were talking about that. We were talking about... Uh, the, the, and of course, Cass and I have talked about this all the time too. The grind, you know, that you're so used to, you know, going to tournaments and wrestling all day, and you know, nine times out of ten, you got some sort of injury. But it's it's that grind, man, and it's that lifestyle that gets you to the promised land. I mean, would you agree, Cass? Oh, definitely, one hundred percent. You know, it's you wrestle, you know, multiple times a day. You're cutting weight in the morning, and then you're wrestling all day. Sometimes you wrestle twice in a weekend. You know, uh, you know, the next day also. Yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. Now, right now, before we get to, to the big fight that's coming up, um, how's everything out there at the uh, Performance Institute or Institute of Combat? Because um, you've got a lot of kids that, you know, that, that you train with and that you're training and all that. And now with the COVID, you know, killing everybody, it, how's it been going so yep. far with that? Because they got to be itching to get, it, get on those mats, right? Oh, yeah, no, exactly. It's been terrible for the kids because they haven't been able to, you know, come back to the gym at all. Um, so it's been really sad on that part, but luckily I've been doing zoom classes with them. And, uh, so I'm able you know, to train, you know, you know, to train with them on zoom. And then also I have a couple of my, uh, close wrestlers that are like, you know, pretty much family, like all my wrestlers are family, but I have the, the close parents where they, you know, did the quarantine, they're super safe and they're just hanging out with themselves and then us. So then we, I would, I run a couple practices here and there at my buddy's house at my buddy's place that we set up some wrestling mats just for the kids because like the biggest thing we were finding out was like a lot of the kids I have, you know, a lot of kids that, that are on my team, they're, they're doing sports because they have asthma, they have other, you know, health problems. So not working out and being conditioned, you know, it was, all, it was messing them up even more. So we were finally like, all right, well, we got to do zoom classes. I got to start doing zoom classes and, you know, and start doing some kind of wrestling like uh I had uh, some of the kids, like a lot of the kids have, you know, brothers and sisters, so they practice with each other. And then I have my kids practicing with each other and, I, you know, I have yeah. them working out like that. But it's still not, it's still not the same though. It's only, you know, twice a week and then Zoom, Zoom is for an hour long. So it's, it's, it's still pretty crazy and I can't wait for all this to, you know, get over with and, uh, and all the kids can get back to the gym and start training. Um, especially, yeah. I mean, I, I know, you know. It, it, it's funny because we kind of we kind of tapered off a little bit, and it seemed like everything was going back to normal, and then it just all hit all over again, and they shut everything back down, and can't go to the gym, and can't do. The, it's just it, it just and and like you're saying, uh, I know a lot of kids that that that's they look forward to it, and that's their outlet, you know. So now they're not even going to school, so it's like they're just at home. Yeah, no, exactly. They're, yeah, yep. they're, get, they're getting they're getting tired of it, so. 
anyways, I, I, I get a lot of emails and I got get a lot of messages, especially when I announce who I'm having. I haven't wasn't able to put cast on Friday because I've been working and all that, but I still got a lot of emails and they're like, man, you sure are high in this cast bell and you're always putting them over. And I'm like, hey, look, man, when I was working for King of the Cage and I got to to call his uh, fight over there, I mean. And I've said this before, you can, I, I've done so many, it was funny because those first two years that I worked for King of the Cage, I did like, you know, Dean Stone is the main announcer, but then when, when they were double booked or he couldn't make it, I was doing like 15 shows a year. I mean, there was so many shows. So I saw so many fighters and you can tell, I mean, I can see the guys that are like hungry and they want it and they're working. And I see some guys that just kind of like, I don't know if they're just mailing it in or if they're just like trying to make a payday. So when I saw that, I saw, man, that guy, that dude's working towards something. And that's when he won the King of the Cage belt. You know, yeah. and we started talking, kind of, you know, developing the relationships and said, and like I was telling yep. Jackie, you know, a lot of people see the finished product. They don't get to see the stuff that you go through. You know, the, and you guys hit it right on the head with the weight cuts and, you know, stuff like yeah. that. It's funny because the, the first day that I started working for King of the Cage, it was uh, Ronda was fighting Ediana Gomez. And uh, okay. I think it was Mike Lowe. Mike Lowe was the promoter. And he goes, okay, man, just be ready. And I'm like, what? He goes, just be ready because if we're in clothes, there's a lot of B.O. and farts. And you're gonna be dying because <laughs> these people. Are dying. And I'm, like, I'm like, what? And it was, it was true, man. They were, I mean, there was stuff going everywhere. I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> but it's just all part of it, you know. And then, uh, uh, Ediana was four pounds over, and they weren't gonna have a fight, so they made Ronda drink uh, like a half gallon of water to come up two pounds or four pounds or something so that they could meet. So I had never seen that before. I didn't know what you guys go through. So now, big fight coming up. Of course, Cass Bell got that undefeated record. Um, it's going to be Bellator 242. It's Bandejas versus Pettis. It's this Friday, July 24th. It's from the Mohican Sun in Connecticut. It's going to be live on Paramount Network. And, of course, uh, Cass's fight is going to be on Bell- Bellator MMA YouTube channel. So make sure you check it out. Now, with all that being said, how's everything going so far? Because you had to travel a little bit over to the East Coast. Like I believe it's like 1045 out there right now. Right about now, how's everything going? Uh, it's going good. My weight cuts, I'm, I'm under where I was uh, every time I fight normally at this time. So, uh, I mean, the weight cut's going simple, easy. Um, we get our own little sauna room. It's been, it's been crazy because, you know, you have to quarantine and all that and get tested. But, I mean, you know, they're doing it. They're keeping us all safe and, you know, making sure we could, you know, they can have more fights. So, it's uh it's yeah. going it's going really well and you know I'm the, I'm the first one you know first fights for Bellator is you know this weekend yes, first sir. time back since the COVID nineteen so this is awesome if everything goes well we're gonna have back to back fights going um, every yeah. weekend that that's cool that's cool because the people need to need a you know a release to check out some fights now when they do the COVID oh, yeah. testing. It's funny because they were showing a lot of the fighters, and these are, you know, big fighters, muscular, big old dudes, and they go to stick that swab in the nose, and I, they turned into yeah. little kids. They were grabbing their manager. Oh! So did you have to take that test or how was your test? No, they just went down the throat. So it uh, definitely wasn't as bad as the nose, even though I've never done the nose thing. So I don't know how that is. But, yeah, no, they just did the throat. It was just they got a scrape. Scrape the throat down there, and that's pretty much it. So it's not too bad. Yeah. Make your eyes water, maybe, but that's about it. <laughs> I was gonna say that's good because that swab, because it goes through the nose all the way to like the back or whatever, almost to the back of your nasal passage or whatever. So I'm, yeah, I would have said, yep. okay, look, 
I'll do this, but let me see Scott Coker do it first. Because <laughs> 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 it, it looked pretty wicked. But so, so everything's good now with the testing, or do you still have to take one more test before, or how, how's that right now? Yep. Yeah, so we're clear so far. So uh, my team and I, we're all, we, we passed. And now uh, we do have to do another test, I think, uh, not tomorrow, but Thursday, I believe. Thursday or Friday of the fight. Um, we do one yeah. more, and then uh, I think we're good. And we're good to go. That's good to fight. That's good, man. I'm glad that they're taking the precautions and all that. It, it, it's gonna, it kind of sets the precedence for other sports and all that, that, hey, man, we can, if we do it right, we can go ahead and do this. Yep. So big fight. And now this Rufion Stotts or whatever that, that you're fighting, are you familiar with this guy? And it's funny because, like I was saying before, Jackie and I were talking before we got you on, and that's where the wrestler's different because you're so used to fighting different people and wrestling tournaments. So it really doesn't matter who you're fighting because you're preparing yourself. But do you, you know, when yep. you find out you're going to fight Rufion, do you check check any of his background or just keep going or how does that work? Yeah, no, we, my team and I, we break, we break down every fighter I'm fighting, you know, per, to prepare for them. Cause you never know, they might have something wicked, you know, under their sleeves that uh, you got to be prepared yeah. for, you know, they might be really good at something and you got to watch yeah. out for it. So we, we study, we watch and, uh, uh, you know, break down the fighters always. So, um, but I've had plenty of times I was supposed to fight him in May and then the COVID-19 came through and we had got to postpone it. So I knew I'd fight him eventually. So it was just a matter of time. So this fight, yeah. they finally, you know, we got offered the fight. We jumped on it quickly. Well, that's that's good. I mean, it's smart. And, and, and Jackie and I talk about that a lot, too, how, you know, especially in this day and age, you've got to stay close to your weight, got to be ready. Because, you know, some guys are getting title fights with, like, two weeks' notice. And especially with the COVID, somebody comes up positive, you might get a title shot, like, within three days or whatever. So it would yeah, be who. No, exactly. So Yeah, just yep. to stay in yep. shape. Now, real quick. Jackie, uh, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Cass Bell. Um, I, you might have seen him fight a couple times on Bellator, but I've been seeing him in person, and I've seen him on TV. And I don't think there's anybody that has a bigger fan backing than Cass Bell. I saw so many green shirts that last fight or whatever. I mean, because where he comes from, and he does help a lot of the kids, you know, working with the wrestling, so he has a huge, you know, fan base. So now something like this, where there's going to be absolutely no crowd, whatsoever do you think that makes a difference or do you so focused or whatever you don't even worry about that oh i mean it will make somewhat of a difference but we've been working on it and i've been in fights before where there's been no crowds too so it's, it's going to be nothing new to me it's just it's just going to be like all of a sudden it's just it's just going to be different you know so like yeah. i love hearing you know i love hearing my you know the cheers i love hearing my kids in the crowd i can hear them out and uh and stuff like that but you know but it is going to be different we're going to be a, probably a lot more calmer um, probably not going to know adrenaline dump that much. It's just going to be, you know, kind of like a sparring session, but we're, you know, going, you know, we're going for it. Um, yeah. and we, we prepared for it, you know, for the three weeks we had to prepare for. So we're ready. I'm ready to, you know, to go. Yeah, that's good. You know, it, it it's I would say it's nice. I wish you could come back home and fight at home, but since nobody can go, it's you know, wherever you're at is gonna be the same. So we look forward exactly. to, to checking yeah. that out. I'm definitely gonna check it out on the YouTube channel or whatever, especially whenever Castell's yeah. fighting. You know, I wanna make sure I check it out. So for the people listeners, don't forget if you wanna check it out, it's Bellator. 242 Banejas versus Pettis. It's this Friday, July 24th from the Mohegan Sun. It's going to be live on Paramount Network. If you want to see Cass Bell fight, you can check that out at Bellator's MMA YouTube channel. Make sure you check that out. It's going to be fighting Rufion Stats. Uh, I'm sorry, Rufion Stats. It's Bantamweight 135. You know, I got to tell you, man, I'm fat. I, I think I weighed 135 when I was 
maybe 12 or whatever. <laughs> but somebody like you who's always working, always, you know, training and, and everything, you know, you, you kind of are able to keep your weight maintained because you've got so many, you know. I know when I talked to Cass Bell before, he, he had not only was he – uh, training the kids, but then they would, like you said, go into tournaments, and you were always busy. So now that that's slowed down yeah. a little bit, does that give you a little more time to yourself, or were you already used to, you know, that that big grind? Yeah, I mean, it gave me a lot more time to myself now because we're not going to tournaments every weekend. I was able to, uh, you know, focus more on this fight, but we only had three-week fight camp, so we cut out the weight training. I didn't do any weight training for this fight camp, yeah. and it was just working on my cardio and skills for this. You know, but with the COVID, it was de- it was definitely hard to train just because, you know, the training partners, it was just my coach, my head coach, Sean Thompson, and my teammate, Tyson Miller, and I was pretty much it, um, who was able to train together, you know. So it's uh, it was definitely a weird fight camp, but like I said, we're fighters. We're ready. You know, I'm ready to go step in whenever. Yeah, I mean, it's... It- it doesn't even need to be said. Cas Bell's always working, man. He's always getting ready. And it's like we say, man, it's so, you know, uh, when you're staying in shape and you're in the gym and you keep your time and everything because you never know when you're going to get that call. So I think after this fight, man, it's only a matter of time. It's going to be, they're going to say, hey, can you, can you fight on two days? Cas will be, man, I can make 135 in two days. No problem, man, because yep. he's always <laughs> working and moving. So real quick before we let you get out of here, Jackie, um, she's she's been, same thing. You know, she's been training for the Olympics, Olymp- women's Olympic wrestling, and same thing with the coach. COVID. She's been, you know, uh, trying to work out as much as possible through this. Any last words for um, Caspel, Jackie, before we let, let them get out of here? Good luck at your fight. And one question, is the hair always green or just for the fight? <laughs> so, yeah, so, yep, the hair is only green during the fight times, but sometimes it lasts like two months because it's, you know, real dye. So, anytime, yeah. so what I do is get my hair green the week before, that gets me in the mode, that gets me in the mood. I put my war paint on. And then my body's like, all right, it's time to cut weight and time to go to war. So it's like a, yeah. just a tradition I've been doing since my very first fight. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I even oh, put my well, wrestle boss thing up in the lime green because it, it's so awesome. But this is before we let you go. This is what what my main goal is. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, almost 17 years working on, on the radio. And this is what I'm going to do. And Cass Bell, if you want to be a part of it, you're more than welcome. And Jackie, she's going. We're not asking. But before I die, <laughs> I want to go. I would love to go to see Iowa against Penn State at Iowa yeah, at Hawkeye Stadium to go check yeah. it out. So we're going to we're going to rent a bus. You know, if you can drive to, over here to Southern California, we'll we'll you can jump on our bus and we're going to take off and we're going to go see uh, uh, Penn State against Iowa at Iowa. So Cass, you down for that? Yeah, heck yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, that'd be it, sick. It, it sucked because the you know the we didn't even get to see the finals this year. I mean, you know, it just yep. I look yeah. forward to it so much, and we cover it and we talk about it, and for it not to be there, so that's it. I'm I'm putting money away, and that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go down and check it out. We're all gonna have a good time. We're gonna spend the weekend over there. We're gonna watch wrestling, and then we're gonna come home and don't not have to worry about it anymore. So, Cass Bell, of course, man, we wish you the best of luck. Don't forget, check him out. It's gonna be this Friday. Check out that fight. He's going to do well. He always does. He always puts his heart and soul into it. We here at Russell Boss can appreciate it, Cass Bell. So best of luck to you. Okay, my friend? Heck yeah. Thank you, guys. And make sure you give me a call when you guys leave for that trip. I'm down. Hey, believe me, we're, we will definitely make room for you, Cass Bell, because we're, we're definitely going to do that. So right. for the people, listening, make sure you check out Cass Bell on his social media. Just put Cass Bell in your little search engine. He keeps everybody up to date on there. If you want to buy the merch, the shirts are cool, man. That's, I like those shirts and uh, the merchandise that he has out there. If you want to buy some, you can check him out on his social media. And we'll talk to you real soon. Best of luck, Cass. I know you're going to do well. We'll talk to you soon. All right, my friend? Sounds good. Thank you, guys.
All right, you got it. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to wrap everything up with Jackie. Everybody, hang on. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. From weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Sorry about that, Jackie. <laughs> the commercial was coming up, and I was trying to, to kill it before we went to the commercial. But for the people, you still there, right, Jackie? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, just want to make sure. Um, for the people listening, you're here. You're at WrestleBoss with Fabi Chulo. Just got finished talking to Cass Bell. And it, it's funny, Jackie, that we talked about that because, uh, you know, these, I, I see it a lot. If you if you stay in shape, if you're a young fighter and you stay in shape and you keep working and you stay, okay, if you're, if you're fighting at 135 pounds, what should you be walking around at? I'm, I'm going to say maybe 145, 150, so you don't have to cut that much. Yeah, probably 150 max, I'm guessing. What's what's the most amount of weight you've had to cut? Um, it was in high school, obviously, because uh-huh. when you're in high school, you're not that experienced at it. It was about 20 pounds in a week. 20 pounds? And how long did you have to cut it? Yeah, seven days. Seven Well, see, that just, that just gets you used to it. You know, I mean, I'm sure they don't want you to cut that much or whatever, but you kind of get what yeah. I'm saying, how, how they, you know, they would stay uh, within that realm or whatever so they don't have to cut too much. Because, you know, Chael Sonnen yeah. is constantly saying, I don't know why these people want to go down in weight and kill themselves. He goes, if, you, if you're at a weight that you're comfortable at, if something happens, I would rather go to a heavier weight so I could be stronger than to cut all this massive weight and possibly be weak for the fight. Can, can you kind of, uh, uh, you know, agree with that or you think that's right or you, you say hey man you got to cut weight you got to cut weight i i mean it's it's all depending on what you want to do your what's mm-hmm. your game plan what do you think you can bring to the weight that you're cutting to rather than the weight that you walk around at and yeah for me i walk around like 155 pounds i'm rushing 149 right now but i may mm-hmm. decide to cut down I, I i have to do what's best for me on my last olympic run um, where I think I'll fit into the U.S. team and I'll make the team. Yeah, and has so, has a coach ever has a coach ever told you, hey, I want you at a at a lighter weight, and and you had to make that change? Or did you say, hey, man, I'm not going to be able to make that. I'm going to stay here. Or has that ever happened? Or you just been able to to be where you need to be? Um, I'm always pretty rebellious when it comes to people trying to tell me something. <laughs> uh, so. Um, I kind of just do my own thing, you know. Um, the only time that I ever would have had to cut was my very first time I wrestled in a, a girls' tournament. I didn't even know they had girls' wrestling, which is weird. Um, yeah. My dad took me and, me and Nico to San Diego. We wrestled in a tournament. Carrie Steiner actually approached my parents and was like, hey, how come I've never seen this girl? Where have you been hiding her? I want her to wrestle uh-huh. at the college level tomorrow. But it was I had to lose two pounds to do it. And so me and my dad talked, and – He's like, okay, if you beat me in this sprint, you can go up a weight class. If you don't, you've got to cut the weight. 
So, yeah. of course, he beat me in the sprint, but he let me go up a weight class, and that's where I wound up wrestling. But, um, yeah, this, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's all based on, you know, what you, what you feel your body can do, and definitely losing mass amounts of weight makes you weaker. So, yeah. But if you do it the right way, I guess, you know, it's doable. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we look forward to it. We look forward to, to following you as as you make that, you know, march up to the Olympics or whatever. I, I've taken two seminars in, in my life. And one was with Jeff Munson. And the other one was when Randy Couture first opened um, up in Las Vegas. And mm-hmm. that's why, that's why I took them because to me, those are bigger guys and they're all like wrestling based, you know, and I always thought, well, yeah. I, that, that's why I want to go with them because it's wrestling based or whatever. But then as, you know, as the years went on, and like I didn't believe in judo, and when I went to Giovanni Varela's Anaconda Academy, well, first of all, we went to Gracie Barra, and Rhonda's mom was doing a, a seminar, and she was mm-hmm. tossing people my size, you know, over 200 people, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So that made me a believer in judo, you know what I mean? So it's like I wanted to check out all these different, you know, ones, and then I thought, well, you have to have your jiu-jitsu to submit people and all that, but through the years – those two are what benefited me the most, Jeff Munson and, and Randy Couture, because they really, it was wrestling base, and they were showing, you know, to get that grip and, you know, reach for the sun, and it was just, it was really, really helped a lot. So, have you ever heard of Kenny Johnson, Bolt Wrestling? The name sounds familiar. He, he's the um, he's the coach that, the wrestling coach for Black House, the, the uh just like Noguera and, and Anderson Silva and all that, you know, he, he's the coach for them. And I went and worked with him him for a little while. And that dude got me to the promised land. I mean, his stuff helped me a lot when I was when I was training with the when I was coaching the Millican wrestlers and stuff like that. So so the point I'm trying to make is you you're never not learning. You know what I mean? You, you, right. you think you Absolutely. know at all. I mean it's just constant a learning experience and, and it just keeps going on from there. But anyways with all that being said, I'm sorry to my people. I had a couple of callers that wanted to talk some pro wrestling, but you know, I, I get going and I just keep going. So <laughs> and Kevin will probably, hey man, make sure you get those people on there because they want to talk some pro wrestling or whatever. But I did watch the pay per views for the people that are listening to us, and we'll talk about that next week. I got Mariachi Local coming on, so he can we can talk a lot of wrestling with him, and then of course we'll keep we'll keep moving on. But unfortunately, the person that I was going to have on, we talked about at the beginning, kind of. Uh, gave us an ultimatum that we that we didn't actually want to do. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But anyways, Jackie, thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, good feedback when you're on because people are like, hey, man, where's she going to be and where can we see her and all that stuff. So I put Jackie in my little uh, Facebook engine, and, of course, all her stuff comes up there. I follow her so I get to see whatever. So I suggest that you do the same. She keeps everybody up to date on there, not only which is – training and all that but whatever eating tacos and working or whatever so (laughs) if you want want to follow her on is there any other social media jackie besides facebook i don't know if i've asked you that before i have an instagram also yeah is it under jackie Jackie yeah Mm -hmm. okay all right because the people will be asking so we definitely look forward to that you know i got it um, i'm going through uh uh they're like well you should have a permanent uh co-host or whatever but and they want a female and it's like I'm like, Kevin, what? And then he goes, well, just try it, and we'll we'll try a few people, and we'll see. And I will never question him again because all the ratings went up 
when I got female co-hosts yeah. <laughs> because I guess, you know, they get tired of hearing me talk or whatever. So at least they get another perspective or whatever. So he was right. So we're still going through a few people or whatever, but definitely Jackie, even if so, we'll definitely have you back on because you know, it, we always get positive feedback and the people want to hear from you. So definitely have you back. Okay. Awesome. I appreciate the call and uh, I look forward to being back on. Absolutely. And we look forward to following and making, you know, when you get to that promised land for sure. So for the people listeners, don't forget, check out Jackie Catiline on her social media. Don't forget to check us out every Tuesday from 7 to 830. And then Wednesday, Kevin puts everything up on, you know, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, everything like that. Make sure you check it out. We'll be right back here next week. Jackie, I'll talk to you soon. Keep everybody, you know, uh, posted on everything that's going on because the people want to hear from you. Okay. Absolutely. I will. All right. Oh, and please tell, please tell Mike and Stephanie, everybody that I say hi. I know I don't keep in touch like I should, but I got so much going on. Hopefully, I can come out that way pretty well. If they want to get on the bus to to go see Iowa against Penn State, they're more than oh, welcome. Definitely. So anything just, you know, they're going to be a part of. That's been on my bucket list forever, and I got so close when I was working for King of the Cage. We we flew into Nebraska, and we didn't have to be at the cage until five. We were going to try to go check it out. I don't know what happened. But we never made it. But that's how close I got. But that's definitely on the bucket list. So uh, they can get on. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. From weekly polls to annual awards. Seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And on top of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre.